Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own Heritage of Faith. Happy Palm Sunday and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah. I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage. And tonight, as we remember Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, we will be discussing God's people as we continue through the book of Romans. If you would like to join in our conversation or if you have questions or would like prayer, we have call screeners standing by and they can be reached at 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, today marks an important week for Christians all across the world. Always. And it's always, I think, spiritually impacting and Mm -hmm. a blessing to kind of walk through that Passion Week of what Jesus did on Monday of that Passion Week and Tuesday and Wednesday and, of of course, Thursday and the traditional day of his death, Friday. Mm -hmm. And we will be having a Crucifixion Day service, a Good Friday service, this Friday at 715 at our our church office at 633 3rd Avenue, if anybody would like to join us. But we're going to focus in on Jesus on the cross Mm -hmm. in the Gospel of Luke. And Mm -hmm. it should be a real blessing, and we'll conclude that service with a a celebration of the Lord's Supper and just... Mm -hmm. And just rejoice that Jesus Christ bore our sins yes, on the did. cross. So, and then, of course, next Sunday is our resurrection day. Mm-hmm. The culmination and the cornerstone of Christianity is Jesus is alive. And we're going to have some great special music next mm-hmm. week. And we'll have a wonderful service and a, a message from God's Word. And we just would love to have our visitors, we'd love our, our listeners come out and, yeah. and visit with us at Heritage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did have a few visitors this week at our Sunday service, at our Wednesday night prayer meeting. And it's just such a blessing for us to meet you face to face. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of guests, we have with us for the very first time tonight... One of our longtime members at Heritage Baptist Church, Sister Ellie Eskenazi. So, Ellie, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much. This is my privilege. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, it's a joy to have you, and we look forward to sharing and having a wonderful conversation tonight in Romans chapter 2. And speaking about visitors from the radio... We have with us one of the most important radio visitors that we ever had at Heritage Baptist Church as Brother Jeff Prophet, well, now one of our deacons. You listened on the radio long ago. That is correct. And good to have you back, I think, for the fourth time. Fourth time, yes. It's, oh, a, it's, a, it's well, an honor to be here. <laughs> thank you, brother. And we give a shout-out to your wife, Joy, and to your two children, Joshua and Juliet. And I think they might be listening. And I want to give a shout-out to my wife. It's her birthday today. And praise God for a wonderful wife, even serving the Lord and working hard as a call screener on our radio program tonight on her birthday. So any listeners want to have a godly woman counsel with you, share with you, pray with you, give us a call. We have a number of godly ladies tonight 
as a matter of fact, my wife being one of them. Mm-hmm. But give us a call at 929-333-3739. If you need wisdom from Scripture or just a loving prayer, we'd love to hear from you anytime during the program mm. this evening. And we're going to, Micah, go right into the Scripture now. Yep. We're going to read Romans chapter 2, beginning at verse 17. I believe, Jeff, you're going to get us started. Sure. Yeah, and then you'll conclude after we read. You'll do the prayer. So, Jeff, if you could start us off, Romans chapter 2, sure. verse 17. Sure. God's Word says in verse 17, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. And art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Though therefore which teachest thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law dishonorest thou God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written, For circumcision verily profited, if thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law? For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time. Uh, Lord, we just ask you to bless this moment, Lord God, as we dive deep into your word, Lord God. And we just pray for our listeners out there, Lord, yes. uh, who may be, uh, have uh, a burden on their heart, Lord God. We ask you, Lord, to comfort them, Lord God, even through prayer, Lord God, with our, our, our call uh, screeners tonight, Lord God. And uh, just we pray that uh, what we uh, learn tonight, Lord God, that it would just be an eye opener and, and, and just to know that just religion is enough, Lord God, but a relationship with you is, is, is so important, Lord God. And we just pray, Lord, that all of us here, Lord, would just take to heart what we learned tonight, Lord God, and, and meditate upon your word uh, and what we've uh, discussed here tonight, Lord. And we praise you always in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 And so... The word that comes to me, Micah, mm-hmm. on this passage is security. Oh, okay. In life, we need security, or we look for security, sure. right? Mm-hmm. People want economic security, and they have investments, and they have retirement accounts, and so forth. Uh, people want health security, and so they get insurance of different kinds. People are looking for security and, and in marriage, mm-hmm. and, and to, to have a relationship, and, and to provide emotional support and security, if you will, through family, security. But the most important security that we can have Mm -hmm. is a spiritual security and Mm -hmm. an eternal security. Mm -hmm. And in this passage of Scripture, the Jewish people Paul is writing to, 
and indicting them to a certain extent and challenging them that they had put their security in outward things, Mm -hmm. in rituals, Mm -hmm. and in things that they held on to, but they were not keeping the true meaning of their faith mm-hmm. is the idea. And, and, and what, what hits me about this passage really is that religion is not enough. Religion does not save. Right. Mm-hmm. And in this passage, it's talking about Judaism. Mm-hmm. But we could be talking about Baptists as well who have a, a culture of, well, yeah. my family, we're Baptists. Mm-hmm. Being a Baptist doesn't save. And I'm picking on Baptists because we're Baptists. Yeah. Okay? But we could Good. say that about any denomination, mm-hmm. that no denominational label, mm-hmm. Catholic, Lutheran, Episcopalian, Baptist, saves. And salvation is not through a cultural religion. Yeah. Salvation is through a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy, I think, in life to, to see our r- relationship devolve into just ritual and religion. Mm. And I think that's kind of what this passage hits at. So we want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, thank you for being here, Jeff and, and Elliot. We, we'll start it off with you guys as far as is, it's, is on that line. Do you know anyone who looked and talked religious and yet in works they denied what they actually said they believed or they didn't live up to their profession or they had a religion, but their religion was was not of true salvation. Do you do you see what I'm saying or do you want to add in uh, add in on this? Ellie, would you like to start us off? Uh, yes, uh, I do. I have seen in the past several people. They look very uh, proper and mm-hmm. religious outside. They always dress up perfectly, mm-hmm. and they carry their Bible, and they say the hallelujah the loudest. But at the same time, they are being instrument of lying through slandering people from different church, and mm-hmm. they uh, project uh, some sort of uh, bitterness into the particular people in different church, mm-hmm. and they make them doubt their salvation, and they draw them away, and they do, they do this mm. in many different churches, and I've seen uh, people like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, did you want to add into that at all? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I can think of you know one person in particular who I, I, I listen to on this radio station, actually, um, <laughs> uh, Ravi Zacharias, oh, and... Yeah. Uh, you know, I was I was really upset when he passed away, but you know, and even on the way to church, I would listen to him mm. uh, preach. But you know, and he was a great speaker, and just you know, I love listening to his mm-hmm. voice. He had a a, mm-hmm. a, a beautiful voice, yeah. and then, but then to hear of all the 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 sexual abuse, that the secret life that he led, mm-hmm. and it it bothered me actually, um, because I would just see him. You know, I see like YouTube videos of him. Like he would, he would, uh, you know, apologetics. He would actually debate atheists, and he would make good points. But I just feel like, you know, now that he, uh, you know, everything is out about his secret life, and you know, this one atheist maybe says, "Oh well, this guy is no different than me. Why, mm. you know, why yeah. does this guy say he's holy?" And you mm-hmm. know, so. Yeah. So it was that definitely that one was one that hurt. Yeah, that that's true. Things like that do hurt. And the name of God, like it says in our passage of scripture here, is blasphemed mm-hmm. by those atheists when they hear of such things. When when I, I I thought of this just as far as religious profession, 
and we're studying in church history right now. Mm-hmm. And recently we talked about the Crusades. Yeah. And in 1095, the Pope, his name was Urban II, he made one of the most influential speeches in the whole Middle Ages. And it was basically a call for the Roman Catholic Christians in that time period to rise up and and retake Israel mm-hmm. and Jerusalem that had been taken by, by the Muslims. Mm-hmm. And he, he said that she desires, that is Jerusalem desires to be liberated and ceases not to implore you to come to her aid as if Jerusalem had a mouth. Yeah. And so like, Jerusalem is calling you, mm-hmm. come. And then he said, Christ commands it. This mm. is the will of God. He said Christ commanded the, the Crusades. Mm. And, and then they began, and it was a war cry. Mm. And he even said hardened sinners who were totally lost. Yeah. They were not even believers, yeah. but they were hardened sinners. But if they went on the crusade and died, they would be granted immediate forgiveness of sins. Mm. In other words, just go on this crusade, and you could go to heaven even if you die. Mm. And, and, it, and they were brutal. Yeah. And they killed Muslims. They killed other true Bible-believing Christians. They killed atheists. They killed Jewish people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was heartless. It was cruel. It was barbaric. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yet, the, the theme of that from the Catholic Church is that God wills it. Mm-hmm. And that is the epitome of false religion to, yeah. to me. And all these centuries later, people still point to those crusades as what Christians did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And they blaspheme mm-hmm. the, name the name of, of God, God. Right. Mm-hmm. because of those behaviors that the Pope of the Church said that Christ commanded. Jesus Christ commanded no such thing, dear friend. Maybe you're Jewish, and maybe you're Muslim, and you still harbor an an attitude, and we could understand Mm -hmm. if somebody harbored a negative attitude toward Christianity Mm -hmm. because of those crusades, if if you're Jewish or Muslim. But that's not true Christianity that did that. That was a false brand of Christianity, and that's not the Jesus of the Bible. Mm. Okay. So that's what we want to talk about. And our phone number is wide open at 929-333-3739. If you want to join this conversation, and maybe maybe you just have a religion. Maybe you're a Muslim. Maybe you're Jewish. Maybe you say you're Catholic. Or maybe you say you're Baptist. But you know in your heart of hearts that you don't have a real relationship of salvation with the God of heaven, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you do need Jesus to save you. We'd love to have you call us this evening. So let's get into the passage and there's really two, only two main thoughts that we're going to bring out in Romans chapter 2. The first is, is that the Jewish people of Paul's day, they had a religion, but they did not practice what they preached. And the second is, they had a religion, but they put ritual above relationships. So they did not practice what they preached. And so because they thought, well, we're the children of Abraham, you know, we're the children of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And the Jewish people were relying on this Mm -hmm. for their own security. So let's talk about this. And what did the Jewish people, Micah, have that gave them this false sense of security, especially in verse 17? We'll start there in Romans chapter 2. Sure. Well, verse 17 uh, begins with a statement full of historical and etymological significance. Paul says, behold, thou art called a Jew. Now, the word Jew is derived from the tribe of Judah, which was the most prominent tribe of Israel, especially after the Assyrian captivity of 732 B.C. And at the time when Paul was writing, all the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were commonly called Jews, including Paul, even though he was from the tribe of Benjamin. 
And the name Judah, it means praise. So Judah the man, Mm -hmm. he was given that name because his mother Leah had a spiritual Mm -hmm. epiphany of sorts when he was born. Mm -hmm. You know, Judah was Leah's fourth son. Mm -hmm. And prior to his birth, Leah was using her own fertility to win over her husband Jacob's love. So remember, Leah's father Laban had tricked Jacob into marrying her, and Jacob really loved Leah's sister Rachel. So with each proceeding son, Leah thought that surely Jacob would finally love her. But when none of her first three sons gained Jacob's affection, Leah finally realized that the one who truly loved her was the Lord. Genesis 30, 35, And Leah conceived again and bare a son, and she said, Now... I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. So the word Jew, it's beautiful. It evokes a loving relationship between God and his people. But the people were relying on their name. That's right. And really, Micah, this passage begins and ends with that theme, doesn't it? Because Mm -hmm. it ends with whose praise is not of men, but of God, Mm -hmm. making a play on that word Jew. Mm -hmm. So it's in in other words, that's the security. Mm -hmm. The ultimate security that we need is to have God's praise, is to be accepted by the Lord Mm -hmm. and to know that. That not that we just know about him, but that we know him and that he knows us and that we are his child and that we are, in that sense, truly giving praise to God. So, Jeff, what else did they have that they were relying upon for their security? Well, they, they had the law. The law speaks of all of God's revelation to them at the time in the Old Testament. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about, you know, when you read the book of Exodus, you mm-hmm. see when God rescued the Egyptian, um, the Israels from mm-hmm. Egypt, yeah. he gave the law to them in the desert, you know, from the mountain. He spoke to them. So yeah. just think generation to generation, they're telling the story, you know, yeah. that, oh, God spoke to us from a mountain in, yeah. uh, and he gave us the law. So this is national pride. And even like before he gave them the land in Canaan, he said, you know, in, in, if you see in Deuteronomy 9.5, not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go to possess their land, but for the wickedness of these nations, the yeah. Lord, the Lord um, thy God doth drive them out from before thee, and that he may perform the word which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So they, they had this history. They, mm-hmm. they had this national pride. Like, yeah, God chose us. Mm-hmm. But, and, but that did not guarantee that every Jew born is a true Christian. They had to be saved, just yeah. like everyone today. Right. And that's what John the Baptist was preaching to them about, where they were saying, we have Abraham to our father. And, and John the Baptist said, God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham right. mm-hmm. if, if he so desired. So, Sister Ellie, what else were they trusting in for their sense of security? They, they, they were trusting in their name, a Jew. They were trusting in the law. And then what else? Uh, in these two particular verses, I, you know, we read that Jewish people boast in God. They boast in God, for they knew his will and wisdom to know what was excellent. Thus, they boasted in their privileges of having right background, mm-hmm. having the right book, Tanakh. Mm-hmm. And we can see this from how Paul recalls his own background in Philippians chapter 3, verse 5, yeah. where he said that he was from the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised mm. on the eighth day. And he emphasized that he was a Hebrew of Hebrew. And as I was studying for this program, it sort of reminded me uh, that Paul is starting an audit, in another word, listing 
assets and deficits on spiritual balance sheet. Mm -hmm. But even though they knew God and claimed Abraham as their father mm -hmm. and knew the law, they were blind to the truth of Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so thus they rejected him and crucified him, which is the ultimate and complete denial of what they profess to believe in the law given to them by Moses. Because in Deuteronomy 18.15, Moses said, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of, thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Unto him you shall hearken. And also in John chapter 5, verse 45, Jesus said, Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you. Even Moses, whom he trusts. Yeah. Yes, they yeah. had right profession, but wrong practice. You know, and I love that passage in Philippians especially, Ellie, because Paul is listing all of his religious mm -hmm. accomplishments, mm -hmm. and he yes. gets to the end of that. He said, what is that in comparison yes. to knowing Christ? Mm -hmm. right. It is a pile of, of dung, dung mm -hmm. of literal refuse, mm -hmm. yes. you know, and, and so... It, it isn't enough for us to have a name, to have a profession, to have a law. We have to have that relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay? So. Well, I just love that um, Ellie, you know, comes from yeah. accounting. So she looks at it, like she said, as a balance sheet. So she was yeah. saying, you know, Paul had put all these things on the side of his balance sheet to say the reasons why he should, quote, unquote, deserve, according to, and then he ends with saying it's, not, it's worthless. So mm -hmm. I, I love that uh, picture. Because our righteousness isn't in the works that right. we do. Right. It's mm -hmm. our righteousness is all entirely, completely in the Lord Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and what he did. So not only did they have this false sense of security, but let's move now into Romans chapter 2, 19 and 20, where we see that there were three ways that the Jewish people, they see themselves as superior to others. So let's briefly talk about some of the religious people and, and how religious people, and again, we're not here to pick on Jewish people at all no. time, yes, but that's no. the context. Mm -hmm. But we know that the application is to us as well. We yeah. all have to be on guard. It, once we start walking with God and, and having this relationship with the Lord, our relationship can revolve into ritual. We have to be so careful. Mm. So how do some people, religious people, easily see themselves as better than others? Jeff, if you could start us off here. Well, yeah, um, Paul uh, writes in... Um uh, verse 19, he says, And art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness. So here we have, uh, if, if going back to, you know, how Paul just compliments what Jesus said, you know, Jesus yeah. uh, was very critical of these religious leaders. And if you uh, read Matthew uh, 23, verses uh, 16 to 26, what does he call them? He calls them blind. He mm. says, uh, yeah. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisees, cleanse, cleanse first thou which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. So true outward righteousness starts on the inside, and they were uh, just leading people astray because they were crooked. They were... Um, uh, there was, there was, they were rotten on the inside. Yeah. They weren't, there yeah. wasn't that true right. love for God. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Religion can almost have such a deception to it. I mean, because it's, Paul says, you're confident that you are a guide. Mm. But Jesus said, 
Jesus was confident that they were blind, blind, yeah, guides, yeah, blind guides to and they were leading the blind who mm-hmm. di- who actually needed to see into a pit. Mm. So Oh, in verse 20, you know, Paul critically describes these Jews as ones who think they are instructors of the foolish, teachers of babes, and ones who had the knowledge of the truth of the law. But as Paul is criticizing them, we have to remember the old saying, it takes one to know one, because (laughs) at one point Paul stood in their shoes. You know, we just read the Philippians passage. Another one where he describes this is Acts 22, verse 3. Paul spoke to the Jews in the temple saying, I am verily a man which am a Jew brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers and was zealous toward God as ye all are this day. So Paul understood their thinking. He was familiar with their pride and it was a pride that dismissed the words of Jesus when yeah. he said of babes, he said, Luke eighteen seventeen, verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as little as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. Yeah, they saw themselves as superior, didn't they, Ellie? And in yeah. what other ways did they see themselves as superior? And Paul also tells how Jewish people, Jewish people felt superior to others for they considered themselves qualified as light. Lights, as it was said in Isaiah mm. chapter 42, verse 6, I, the Lord, call thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand mm-hmm. and keep thee and give thee for the covenant of the people for light of Gentiles. Light of Gentiles. And because their confidence is based upon their possession of the Lord Tanakh mm-hmm. to instruct Gentiles whom Jews consider people dwelling in darkness, but they were actually ignorant of the truth and did not know it. And we who are called salt and light by Jesus Christ, true believers, should be true teachers, but often we are not, not because we lack any information concerning the truth and righteousness, Uh for we have full revelation of God in the six, six books of the Bible, but we are often unskilled in experiencing word. It is because often through our hypocrisy and mm-hmm. our lack of obedience. Yeah, that's again a, a powerful verse there in Isaiah chapter 42, Ellie, because yeah. that passage also is quoted of Jesus Christ, not that specific yes. verse, yes. but that passage is quoted of Jesus Christ. He is the servant of Jehovah mm. who actually is the perfect Israelite, Mm -hmm. and he is the one who, because Israel failed as being an instructor and being a light to those who are in darkness, that's what Jesus said, I am the light of the world, the one who can truly instruct you out of the darkness Mm -hmm. and into the light. We need Jesus. Amen. Okay? So, praise the Lord. So, as we move forward in Romans chapter 2, we see some specific ways then because the people saw themselves as superior. And uh, Paul says there were some specific ways now that that hypocrisy revealed itself and how they showed themselves to be hypocrites. Mm -hmm. And so, Ellie, what are some of the ways that their hypocrisy came out through this attitude of superiority? Uh, here, uh, Paul listed again uh, what they are doing wrong, which is a deficit in spiritual balance sheet. Mm-hmm. On the spiritual balance sheet, by emphasizing hypocrisy of teachers, sins of stealing, committing adultery, 
Mm. and breaking the law, a whole law, as mentioned in James chapter 2, verse 10. For whoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Mm. And yet these teachers do those very things. And Jesus said religious rulers of his day made a temple a den of thieves. Mm. And Jesus also pointed out hypocrisy of these teachers and he listed in the, uh, as it was mentioned in Matthew chapter 23, verse 3, All therefore, who, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not do. And furthermore, Jesus likened scribes and Pharisees and teachers of the law as whitewashed tomb, looking mm. Beautiful mm. outside, yeah. but full of dead bones mm. inside. Mm. So uh, they may look good outside, yeah. but inside does not match yeah. what they display outside. Mm. Yeah, they were teaching others, but they weren't properly instructing themselves on how to live. And Micah, how else was their hypocrisy showing forth? Mm-hmm. Well, there's this curious phrase, um, you know, after the things that we understand, like stealing and committing adultery, it says, thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? And basically, this means literally to be a temple robber. So mm. the only thing that I could think of in the Old Testament that was sort of a reference to this was when Rachel stole the household idols of her father, and maybe there was an instance in Judges as well. But it's hard for us to believe that these religious, educated Jews would steal pagan idols for profit. But according to the Jewish historian Josephus, that there, it was enough of a problem, in fact, that a law was made about it. And then in Paul, um, he mentioned in Acts 19.37 that he yeah. was accused of being a temple robber himself. So all of this to say, this was just another example of their hypocrisy among these people. Yeah, I mean, isn't that something to say idolatry is wicked, and it is. Mm -hmm. And then, though, because these idols would have been very expensive Mm -hmm. items in these idol temples that they would steal those idols and and sell them. Yeah. And so that's the height of, that would be like the height (laughs) of hypocrisy, wouldn't it? So um, I don't think any of us have gotten any wealth by doing that, right? No. No. Praise the Lord for that. So, Jeff, what's what's a final way here? in this passage of Scripture that speaks about their hypocrisy coming out? Well, they, they boasted in how their law was so just and good, but they they broke the law that they boasted about, mm. boasted in. And, you know, it's so funny because I, I always I, I go back to Jesus and Jesus and, and his parables. And uh, in, in Luke... Uh, uh, Luke 18, when Jesus tells the parable about the uh, the Pharisee and the publican, yeah. you know, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I, he keeps saying I, so mm. I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterer, or even as this publican. So he points to this mm. this yeah. publican. Yeah. I fast twice a week, you know, so he's like boasting. <laughs> he did I did all these things. Yeah, I, get, great, I yeah. give tithes of all that yep. I possess, mm. that I possess, he's saying. So mm-hmm. he's totally not looking at God at all. Yeah. And the publican standing afar off, who would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me as a sinner. And then Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other one, for every one that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. So here was here was this, this man who just, he was a religious leader, but he had 
no relationship with God. He did not see himself yeah. as a sinner. So it was. Uh, yeah, Paul said it well as well, and that's a tremendous. That that parable is so powerful of the the Pharisee and the publican. Um, but Paul said it well, where it says that some having a form of godliness, godliness right. but they deny the power. the power thereof. And so, dear friend, do you have true godliness? Do you have Christ in you? Is he your hope of glory? Are you secure, not in your religion, not in your ritual, but in Jesus Christ? That's really our question tonight. And it's very easy to replace Christ with finding security in your rituals or finding security that you're better. Oh, I'm better than other people. But it doesn't matter who we're better than because we have to measure up to God's standard. And all of us have fallen short of that standard. And the only way we can measure back up to the standard is in Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can save us, dear friends. Mm. Maybe you say that you're a Christian, but your life is filled with outward hypocrisy. Let us pray with you. Mm -hmm. Give us a call even tonight. We'd love to hear from you. We do have phone lines open. And those who are here call screening tonight would would count it an honor to pray with you this evening, a need that you may have at 929-333-3739. And we're going to go to a song right now about how Jesus saves, because that's what we're really talking about. It's not enough to have religion. Mm-hmm. As the Jewish people were not practicing according to what they were preaching, and therefore they were living in hypocrisy. And we're going to talk about the result of that on the other side of this song. Give us a call right now. There's a stream of precious mercy meant for lost and desperate souls. Long I
Yes, Lord, thank you so much that you're our Savior, and we are so excited that this week is your Passion Week, Lord. Mm -hmm. And, dear friends, we do invite you to our church on Friday. We'll have our Good Friday, we call it Crucifixion Day service, to celebrate and rejoice in the cross of Jesus Christ. Friday night at 715 at our church office, 633 3rd Avenue. Of course, Sunday is our Sunday morning service, and we meet at at uh, 490 Hudson Street, and uh, 11 a.m. is our morning service for Resurrection Day. Come on out. We'd love to meet you this Sunday. So, Micah, as we've been talking about how the Jewish people did not practice what they preached, Mm. but they were living in such hypocrisy, what, according to Romans 2.24, did that behavior, where did that behavior lead others to do? Yeah, well, verse 24, we've mentioned it a couple times already. It says, For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. So because of the pride that these Jews had in their ancestral heritage, in the law of Moses, in their knowledge and education, and also because of their hypocrisy, the result in the non-Jews was that they hated and even cursed the name of the God of the Jews. Now, this is a serious accusation that Paul has brought against his own people especially in light of the fact that God meant for the Jewish people to be a blessing to the world and a light unto the nations. We already mentioned that verse in Isaiah that specifically said that. So these people were living in complete opposition to God's plan for them. Yeah. Now, it's true that our hypocrisy can lead the unsafe people, as you mentioned, Ravi Zacharias earlier, mm-hmm. I mentioned the Crusades and this, could uh, that religious hypocrisy can lead the unsaved to blaspheme God. But you know what? As you were talking, Micah, and I'm going to go into some mm. in another totally different way. Okay. But our stand of unrighteousness, let's say stand against abortion, mm-hmm. or our stand against transgenderism, mm-hmm. which is biblical, yeah. that can also cause the unsaved mm-hmm. to blaspheme our God. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, mm-hmm. if our stand is truly in righteousness, mm-hmm. and it's not we're who offending them, but mm-hmm. it's the truth mm-hmm. that is offending them and causing them to get angry at God, then we cannot do anything about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, I, I grew up in the era of TV preachers in the 80s, and I never watched any of them. We didn't watch them in my household, but yeah. I heard about them only because of their scandals. So there can be Christians on right. that side who are having yeah. non-believers curse the name of God because of their hypocrisy. But then, as you mentioned, on the other side, we can actually, people can curse the name of God because of our stand, you know, and I think mm-hmm. in the news just this week, there yeah. was this example of the Christian school where there was the shooting, you know, and people were very quick to point out, oh, well, this person was transgender. And so therefore, because there's a Tennessee law that is banning minors from undergoing transgender surgeries and hormone treatments, that that is why, and that, in fact, just almost blaming, almost blaming the Christians for what she did. Yeah. So almost like this transgender person was justified in walking into that school and shooting three children Mm. and three of the teachers. So Mm. you're right, Pastor. It could be either one. People can blaspheme the name of God. We better be on the right side of that equation. Right, right. And that's the thing that we have to to make sure that we're, we're living true because our standard is a holy standard. Mm-hmm. And in this flesh, living a holy life isn't easy for anyone. No. It's not easy for a Christian even. You know, we need yeah. to be in the spirit or yeah. else we will fall mm-hmm. into the ways of the flesh. So mm-hmm. anyway, I just wanted to bring that out. Let's talk about how next, not only did they not practice what they preach, but they put their rituals before their true relationship with God. Now we're going to look at verses 25 through 29. 
And and Paul deals a lot here, Jeff, about circumcision mm. in this passage of Scripture. And I, I believe that just w- what Paul's really dealing with here is that doing something, doing some kind of religious work or ritual, it's almost like the human default mode to emphasize outer rituals. And if I do those rituals, then I'm okay with God. Mm. But the thing is, they were doing those rituals, but they were neglecting that which was most important, their relationship with God. So, mm-hmm. Jeff, what was the original intent of circumcision, and what, what, did that, uh, what, did, what was the value of circumcision, if you will, in the Old Testament? Well, uh, circumcision was a, a, ri- a ritual originally given to Abraham to represent the cleansing of his sin and the inheritance of God's promise of the coming Messiah, Lord Jesus Christ, that was coming through mm. the seed. Mm. So and even in uh, Genesis 17:11 it says, And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. And, and there, is, there is always great value in obedience to God. That's, it, was, it was so important. Yeah. And um, uh, there was, it was an outward sign of inner obedience to God, and it was to demonstrate that the circumcised one desired God's blessing. Mm. And if you think about, you know, if you look at Deuteronomy 10:16, yeah. it says, "Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked." So it's a symbol of the real work, uh, the cutting away the flesh that God desired, the work of taking our hearts, and which always, by by our nature always follows the flesh but god wants us to take the flesh he wants us to give our hearts to follow him instead that's exactly right and that's a great verse even in the law it's clear that the outward ceremony of circumcision the true intent of it was for their hearts to be clean and that's the same thing with our rituals and baptism is if you will a ceremony or a ritual the Lord's Supper is a ceremony. It is a ritual we do on a regular basis. But those outward things have no saving merit. Hmm. They point to the inward change of the heart. So, Micah, let's, let's move on from that then and, mm-hmm. and ask this question then. Based on verses 26 and 27, would you say, would you say to somebody who becomes saved today mm-hmm. that they should be circumcised? Or is circumcision necessary for the New Testament Christian? Absolutely not. Um, the New Testament is conclusive on this. God never requires circumcision for the Gentiles to be saved. You know, there was an even a council in Jerusalem, you know, among the apostles and elders of the church regarding this specific issue. And the conclusion found in Acts 15 was that the burden of the Mosaic law was not to be laid upon the Gentiles. So let's remember that circumcision was a symbol, as, as Jeff yeah. said, that the Jewish people were set apart for God. But after the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and the majority of the Jews rejected him, that symbol became meaningless. So Paul said in Galatians that the outward symbol of circumcision was no longer of any value. The important thing was the belief in Jesus and the condition of the heart, Galatians 5, 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but mm. faith which worketh by love. Yeah, and mm. thank God for the apostles and for their writings, because yeah. the question I ask you, it's like kind of obvious for us, right? We don't, mm-hmm. even, we don't even debate it anymore. Right. Is circumcision necessary for right. a New Testament Christian? But that was a huge question yeah. for the, the New Testament Christians mm-hmm. in the first century before they had the New Testament written. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't know. Right. And so that that's an important question. But then apply it to any 
ritual that we do mm-hmm. as well, that it has to be of the heart. Yeah. So, Ellie, in verses 28 and 29, Paul summarizes uh, this section about circumcision. So what truth is he driving home in these verses, Romans chapter 2, 28 and 29? These two verses are one of my one of my many favorite verses in scripture, and these two particular verses shows us that again, this is Paul's net estimation of what he had listed in the spiritual balance sheet of Jewish people that religious ritual and ceremony without heart. Faith is nothing in God's sight, for God sees and knows the hard motive of each individual. Jewish people treat circumcision as lucky charm or Mm. insurance policy against going to hell. Mm -hmm. And they think that by having circumcision, it is their salvation. That's their security. Mm. Yes, and religious ritual can look good, but Isaiah in chapter 1 records that records for us that God's hatred for multitudes of sacrifices, feasts, and burnt offerings. And this goes right along with what Hosea said in Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, For I desire mercy Mm. and not sacrifice. Mm. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Micah, did you want to add to that? Yeah, I just, I love this concept of the circumcision of the heart. You know, it's an Old Testament concept, which illustrates the idea that we need to be Cutting, cutting off anything that's preventing us mm. from a yeah. true heart-to-heart relationship with God. And I always imagine, you know, a heart of stone mentioned in the Bible many times being smashed, almost like smashed against a rock, and the outer shell, it finally cracks open. And when the outer stone is broken off completely, there's this heart of flesh revealed. And that heart is open. It's vulnerable. It's raw. And it's the only kind of heart that can truly surrender to God. Yeah. Again, dear friends, we want to encourage you to give us a call tonight because I I know that what we're talking about is very important. It's that you have a real heart relationship with Jesus. Are you reading the Word? Is He living to you? Do you experience His presence in your life through prayer, the Word of God, or when you publicly worship Him? That's what we desire for you, dear friends. Give us a call if we can help or pray with you about your personal walk with Jesus at 929-333-3739. Again, that number is 929-333-3739. Well, Ellie, I'm glad we get to talk about some of your favorite verses in Romans chapter 2. So did you want to add to what Micah was saying earlier? Yes, And we all need, whether you are Jews or Gentile, we all need spiritual circumcision by the great physician, Jehovah Rapha, a gift Mm. of new heart as a result of repentance and belief in Jesus Christ. Therefore, we who are true believers, I could say this for those of us who are Mm -hmm. in the studio, that we are the true Jew. And we are the true spiritual descendant of Abraham. And I am glad I can say for us here, again, what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So it does not matter what and how others people think of us. And we are grateful and rejoice in knowing that Mm. Bible knows us and says 
in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 18. For not that he commanded himself is approved, but whom the Lord commanded. So, yes. praise God that we have the full revelation of God's Word in 66 books of the Bible. Amen. Amen. You know, and the prophet Ezekiel said, said it this way, A new heart also will I give you, mm. and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And this doesn't take place through a ritual. This doesn't take place through a baptism. Mm. This doesn't take place through communion or whatever you want to call it. Mm. It takes place when you personally call upon Jesus Christ, Amen. and he saves you, and the Holy Spirit of God is put into your heart Amen. and into your soul. Yeah, and Pastor, um, that verse that you just read in Ezekiel, you know, if you have unsaved family members who their hearts are hearts of stone, that's a really good one mm. to pray over them. I was just texting with a lovely lady uh, before the program, and, you know, she was just praying for her son. So I would just say pray over him with those verses about the heart of stone and how God can replace them with, as a heart of flesh. Yeah. And Pastor, uh, we do have a call. We have a call. So let's, okay. uh, let's see. I, if, and our you, phone line is open at... Nine two nine three 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 seven three nine. If you need prayer tonight, encouragement in any way, we're here, and my wife is here to pray with you, as well as other dear godly women. And uh, brother James, thank you for calling. You're on the Heritage of Faith Conversation Program. Yes, I have a question, Pastor. My question is: Could a could a pastor that is divorced from his wife um, give Holy Communion? A man who is divorced from his wife should not be a pastor. How's that? <laughs> That's my position, that a pastor needs to be the husband of one wife. And that if he has been divorced, then he should no longer serve in that role as a pastor, uh, James. So to answer your question, no. Because a divorced man, I don't believe, should be a pastor. Because the first qualification for a pastor is to be blameless. And I do believe for a pastor that uh, does not allow him to measure up to that qualification. So, no. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you, Pastor. Okay. Anything else? That was it? That, that's about it, yeah. Okay. Thank you for calling, James. Appreciate that uh, this evening. Again, the number is 929-333-3739. That's an important question yeah, it is. That, mm -hmm. that James asks right there. And there's probably many divorced men in the ministry. But, Mike, I don't believe that, you know, marriage is so important. I, I, a, a pastor has to be blameless. A pastor has to be an example, it mm -hmm. says in First Peter chapter 5, mm -hmm. an example of the flock. Yeah. And if they've gone through divorce... You know, it always takes two. You can't just blame the wife. Mm -hmm. You know, there's two people involved in any divorce. In every divorce, there's two people that are at fault. Yeah. And so I, I don't believe a man who is divorced should be a pastor of a mm -hmm. church. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we're finishing up here. We've got a few minutes left. And uh, Micah, as we go talk about Romans chapter 2. Now, this is actually a very important question mm -hmm. because Paul is talking about a true... A true Jew, so to speak, yeah. is one who gives praise to God. But he is a Jew 
which is one inwardly. Mm -hmm. But some take these verses to mean that the church replaces Israel and that no longer are Jews Jews. But is is that what Paul is saying here? Paul certainly can't be saying that Jewish people who are Jewish by heritage Mm -hmm. are not Jews any longer. So uh, how do we take these verses? And I guess the main question here is, are, is, is national Israel replaced by the church no. today? Yeah, no, it's definitely not. And this is a, it's a great question, Pastor, because there are many churches you know, all over this country, all over this city, you know, where they do believe that the Israel is replaced by the church. But you know, it's a complete misreading of this passage. It's a misreading of the book of Romans. It's a misreading of the Bible as a whole. And, you know, Paul spends three chapters, 9, 10, and 11, explaining that God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob right. is an yeah. everlasting covenant. <laughs> yeah. So you can't yeah, take these verses in Romans out of the context. And God still has this plan for his people separate from his plan for the church. And we also know this from the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation. So Paul's emphasis in these verses isn't outward, but it's inward. He says, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. So he's he's saying that the one who is the true child of God, who brings true praise to God, is the one who has his heart cleansed by the precious yes. blood of Christ. Amen. And the verse ends, you know, Ellie's favorite verse, one of the favorite, her ver- favorite verses, is it ends saying the true child is one whose praise is not of men, but of God. Micah, Romans let's just go quick. Go to okay. Patty. We only have a few seconds left, but she said she wants to make a comment. So, Patty, you're on the Heritage Faith Conversation. We only have a few seconds, literally, but yes. you can make yes, your comment. Pastor. Go ahead. I try not to call too often, hoping someone will call, but here you are pleading to them to call. And I said, let me just say my little bit. Um, I love to read Hebrew on Holy Week because I just find it um, so enlightening. Each, each Holy Week, I see something else different. I mean, I read through the Bible, but I specifically leave Hebrew. Praise, um, the, praise the Lord. Hebrew. God bless you. We're going to have to let you go. Good night, everyone, okay. and have a Thank wonderful you. week celebrating Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.